Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 86 of the Mo Money Podcast and the first official uh, listener series episode of season four of the Mo Money Podcast. So excited to uh, share my interview with uh, my next uh, listener. Her name is Leona. She is from Canada, and uh, she sent me this really great email. It was like a really awesome breakdown timeline of basically what she's kind of gone through since um, teenagehood to where she is now and she um, has definitely had some uh, struggles but she's made some really uh, you know smart financial decisions to get her to where she is where she's basically semi-retired she is married with a family um, but she has kind of the you know flexibility the freedom now to you know be semi-retired not have to have a typical day job um, because of lots of the uh, choices she made and uh, investments she's made. So I'm excited to share my next episode with you with Leona. Thank you, Leona, for uh, joining me on the show. I am very excited to chat with you for another awesome listener series episode. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. Um, I'm so glad that you emailed me this very detailed email, very organized. You seem like a very organized person. And it was a very cool timeline of just lots of the things that you went through and achieved and and you're so young and I'm like, wow, I can't believe you've done all this and you're only 33. Oh, I sh- sorry I said your age, but whatever. <laughs> ah, that's fine. <laughs> whatever. I'm 30. It's fine. Um <laughs> So I would love to kind of start from the beginning and we'll kind of just move our way through. Um, but it seems like basically from, you know, what has gone on from your life, personal finance has always been a very prominent thing in your life. When did that kind of, uh, when did you get interested in, in money and personal finance and really figuring out how to be good with money? It seems like at a pretty early age. Yeah, I think it was lucky because it was something that my parents spoke with us about all the time and it wasn't a big secret. So it was just something that was part of our lives. And we just did things that we needed to do to save money where we could. And it just kind of went from there. But yeah, we always talked about it. So it wasn't a big deal. Like, do they talk about like how to pay bills, what a budget means? Do they talk about their salaries? Like what kind of things do they talk about? So you really understood it. So yeah, when I was younger, my mom stayed at home and we were just aware that part of her staying at home meant that we didn't have both parents bringing in an income. My dad worked. She took on jobs that she could do from home and fit in to when we were busy doing other things. And then she did end up going to work once we were a bit older. But yeah, we were just always aware of finances and that aspect we didn't get into the budgeting or anything Mm -hmm. but yeah but you kind of knew like how to save money and kind of live fairly frugally and that was just like just a normal thing yeah yeah Yeah, we saved money where we could and we didn't do anything extravagant and we made choices as a family as to like remember there was Disneyland or buying a trailer and we decided Mm -hmm. that we would buy a trailer so we could all go camping and yeah Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never got to go to Disneyland as a kid. And I, I still like to bring that up to my parents. <laughs> like, remember? Remember when we didn't go to Disneyland, but you took my younger sister? <laughs> oh, no. That's way They worse. did. Well, to be fair, I'm six years older. And so at that time when they could they could afford to take her and I was a bit older. So, but still, whatever. Yeah. I went there in the end. I went there for my honeymoon. So I got my trip eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
So you wrote to me and you said that you moved out at a fairly early age and started working fairly young. I did. Yeah. Well, I started working even when I still lived with my parents just because that was kind of expected of me. And Mm -hmm. I I think kids maybe used to work quite a bit more at younger Mm -hmm. ages when I was a teenager. And it was Mm -hmm. just odd jobs and A&W and those type of things. I totally worked at A&W too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think that's good for kids. I think kids should get work. But yeah, no, then I ended up moving out early and I needed to pay the bills that I did have. So I just continued working and Mm -hmm. yeah, kept going to school. Yeah, I bet you have a very good work ethic to be able to do that at such a young age. And you also said that you participated in Katimovic at 17. And I remember, is that program, I'm not sure if that program's still around. It probably is. But I remember seeing that program. I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. It's basically, for all the Americans listening, it is a Canadian program where you get to, um, well, you could probably explain it more than me, but it's you get to visit different yeah. parts of Canada. Yeah. Yeah, we spent about nine months and three months in each province. And we lived in a communal house of 12 people and then one kind of supervisor. And we uh, did regular jobs as volunteer work. And, yeah, we did communal meals. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a really good experience. But, yeah, they have cut funding and that hasn't been around for a couple of years now. But. Yeah, it was a really good experience and got Mm -hmm. to do a lot of jobs that I otherwise wouldn't have. And Mm -hmm. interesting to live with that many different people from different areas (laughs) that know nothing about each other. So, yeah. yeah. And Canada is such a big country. I think that's such a uh, hopefully that program is reinstated because, yeah, I think it's such a great idea for kids to really get a good idea of what's going on in Canada. It's such a big country and just to see what's going on. And yeah, that definitely sounds like it did kind of give you a good, uh, you know, would help you kind of grow up quick, like trying to, you know, be on your own and, and figuring all that stuff out. And, and after that, so did you go to post-secondary after, um, high school or what was your kind of next step after that? Well, I knew that I would have to pay for my education myself. So it wasn't very high on my priority list at that time. So Mm -hmm. I did Katimovic after I graduated, and then I went to Red Deer, and I got a job at a John Deere dealership, and then went and took my parts training my first year Mm -hmm. trade school. And then, yeah, I ended up making more in scholarships than that cost me to go there, so that worked out really well. Nice. And, yeah, that was pretty much the only real formal education mm-hmm. that I took. So, yeah. Nice. No, I, you know, honestly, the, the group of friends that I have, um, lots of them are my husband's friends. Lots of them decide to go into the trades instead of like the kind of typical university route. And honestly, all of them are doing really good. <laughs> like I kind of look at them and they all have like really great careers or they own their own business they were able to buy their first place way sooner, like in their early 20s. And it's one of those things where it's, you know, looking back, it's like I always had this idea that, you know, the right thing to do or the smart thing, you know, what it was drilled into my head was to go to university. And now like, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like there's something to be said for 
like I, I think there needs to be more education around the benefits of going into the trades because lots of it is like you know going to the trades you can be an entrepreneur you could be your own business person and really take ownership and it seems like that's kind of you know the route that you took is your you know uh, you know uh, you've invested in properties and you have your you run your own several businesses. Yeah. And I do think no matter what, if you go for a trade, there's always skills that you can fall back on and through mm-hmm. recessions and through any kind of economic downturn, you're going to have the skills to support yourself or at least just make a decent living with those. Whereas not all university educations will. You can't really, yeah. Can't do that with a philosophy degree. Really. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. I always felt bad for the, I mean, no offense to anyone who has a philosophy degree, but I always kind of like looked at those people in university. I'm like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, no, oh, gosh. Either. That's, that's another big perk to trade school. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so you uh, went that route. You um, uh, went to trade school and then you bought your first car. And then you also bought a condo fairly early in your life too, which is pretty remarkable. I did. I always had dreams of living downtown Calgary. And mm-hmm. so then as soon as I was able to do that, I decided to buy my first condo in downtown Calgary. And it wasn't obviously the penthouse that I wanted, but it was <laughs> a little house and I did it on my own. And I love that little place. But yeah. Yeah. So did that kind of give you just an idea like, huh, you know, home ownership, this could be something that, because you wrote to me that you've, you know, since bought several properties, sold and bought several properties, um, kind of as, I guess, you know, one way to invest, um, and, you know, as a business as well. Like, how did you kind of learn about, you know, investing in property? Well, I like show home shopping more than I enjoy doing <laughs> many other activities. So on the weekends, I used to go around and go look at all the houses and just dream and make plans. And I'd been a renter, obviously, for quite mm-hmm. a few years before I even bought my house. So I knew that there was money there and you could still buy properties fairly affordably and mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to, but at the time I didn't have more than enough to just buy the place that I was living in but I knew Mm -hmm. that eventually I would want to and we were kind of at a good time for buying and selling Mm -hmm. compared to what it is right now right now it's a little bit crazy but yeah no it is (laughs) just kept following where it was booming and tried to buy as many properties as we could when we could afford them as long as you could make money off of them so Yeah. So do you own a bunch of different properties and rent them out and have that as a source of income? Yeah. Right now we have two residential properties and then one commercial property. And then the house that we live in right now is actually part of one of our rentals as well. So yeah, we're always looking for more. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm so interested in like, I know, I feel like I know a lot about um, investing in residential properties, but how do you, I don't really know anyone who is invested in commercial properties. How did you kind of get into that? And is there like a big difference between owning a residential property? Is it more complicated? Um, it's actually more simple because usually in commercial properties, it's a longer term lease Mm -hmm. and 
it's a lot more legal than just having tenants in month to month. Yeah. So, and you're not dealing with like all the background checks and because it's usually established businesses that are looking for commercial leases. So it's completely different. And I would say it's probably a little easier. Mm-hmm. And my husband's a journeyman carpenter. So he's completely able to do all the renovations to make it suit everyone's needs. And that again is easier when you're dealing with a commercial property that isn't going to get as damaged as a residential one. Yeah, no, that's very true and very handy to have someone in the family who knows how to do that. <laughs> like I always talk to my husband about, oh, you know, we definitely have plans in the future to invest in some properties. But at the end of the day, I mean, we do not know how to do a damn thing. Like We do not even know how to, I mean, we know how to paint. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's lots of that in rental business. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's probably a lot of that. Um, you also uh, mentioned that, so you started a, a construction company and you said you built most of the houses on your block. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it was actually super, super fun. We moved to Saskatoon and there was only three houses on our block. And then my husband ended up working and being a framer for the company that was developing all the land in our neighborhood. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we had started our construction company and we framed most of the houses and we didn't have to drive. We just walked down the street and that's where we were working. And nice, it was pretty fun to see the whole development yeah. yeah, filled with houses when when we moved in, we could golf out the back. So, yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. I feel like your kind of route into life is so interesting because it's very different than lots of the other guests I've had. But it's very – it seems like you – you know, never had a problem trying to figure out how to make money. Like you're like, hmm, let's do this. Let's start a business. Let's invest in property. Whereas lots of people would, I mean, kind of the the typical thing is like, okay, let's find an office job and then then I'll, you know, maybe consider investing and then maybe I'll do this and this. I, I really like kind of your, you know, journey um, with finance in that kind of respect. I think it's very interesting and unique. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I do find it all very easy, but mm-hmm. I think we've made a lot of choices and we kind of have a formula that we follow and we just kind of see where we can see the most potential income and we just follow it and we're adaptable and we can be flexible to make our decisions. And I think that's always helped us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you also, you also wrote just like, talking about personal finance a bit more broadly and investing, like you, like a lot of people invested um, some money into mutual funds and they do have high fees. Everyone knows that. Um, And so whatever you, because I know, you you know, you said uh, now you've hired a financial advisor and have you kind of changed what you're doing with those kinds of investments? Have you kind of experimented a little bit? Yeah, we, uh, well, we fell into the same trap of going to your bank and then just getting whatever mutual funds that they sell you and not really looking into the fees because it looks like it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. And since I've been looking into different plans a lot more thoroughly, I've realized that that was not helping me at all. And I was wasting so much money on that. And uh, so, yeah, we ended up switching and 
now we are in some mutual funds, but they're way lower fees. And then we do have some stocks and ETFs as well. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to start with the whole robo-advisor thing, but I haven't actually pursued starting mm-hmm. an account yet. So. <laughs> but yes, that is on my list of things to learn. And I was thinking of taking the Canadian Securities course just for that reason, so I can learn to invest for myself. Oh, nice. But more confidently. Yeah. I've, I've I know a lot of people who have taken that course and it's sort of on my eventual list to do, but I also know it's like a lot of, a lot of reading and a lot of time commitment. Yeah. So I hope you do do it. Props to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's, that's my late winter, early spring project, I think. Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, So I know kind of wrapping up, one of, you know, the things that I always like to preach or like I'm always striving to find is more balance. And I know you mentioned that in your email that you were trying to find, you know, work, family, life balance. And uh, so I'm so curious, what are some of the things that you're trying to do in this new year? Now it's like a new year, fresh start. What are some of the things that you hope to kind of do to kind of integrate more balance into your life? Because it seems like you're very busy. (laughs) I think the biggest thing is I read a book called The Miracle Morning and it's Mm -hmm. just essentially all about setting aside an hour before you start your day to work on yourself and you do your little routine every morning. And so I've really been trying to integrate that into my mornings. I wake up before the rest of my house wakes up and I do my personal development reading and have my silence and affirmations and then I exercise and Exercise has always been a very important part, so I really prioritize that, and my day just actually doesn't go on unless I do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I like just that. really focusing on personal development and exercise and health, mm-hmm. and then taking care of the rest of my day after that. And I, I plan out my days and my weeks, and yeah, it actually doesn't look like I'm that busy when I have it broken down into hour sections, and it's mm-hmm. fine. And do you feel like since you've kind of integrated that to your life, because that's definitely something that I, that's my big goal for 2017 is to add more balance into my life and to have more of a routine. I really like the idea of setting aside an hour every morning to work on yourself. I love that. Have you found like it has been a positive, um, you know, addition to your life by doing that? Huge. Yeah, I actually Mm -hmm. found that it's really, really beneficial just because at the end of the day, you have so many excuses and you're tired and you want to visit with your husband and kids to bed and sports and doing all that. So you sometimes forget about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I have started doing my gratitudes at night as well, which I also think is helping. But yeah, just having that time that you spend on yourself before dealing with the rest of everything has been a huge help. Definitely. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to link to that book in the show notes and possibly check it out because it sounds right up my alley. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, thanks, uh, Leona, for chatting with me and sharing uh, your story. Um, It's I really I'm so glad that you emailed me and we got this uh, chance to chat. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. 
And that was episode 86 of the Momony Podcast with the wonderful Leona from Canada. Thank you so much, Leona, for joining me on the show, taking some time out of your day to chat with me, share your story. I really appreciate it. And I know uh, everyone listening really appreciates it too, because I love listening to these episodes. I love recording them. And I know um, people like you listening right now really appreciate it too. It's a very cool look into what you know your neighbor is doing, what your acquaintance is doing, what your friend is doing with their money. I think that's really powerful when it comes to educating yourself uh, about the different aspects of personal finance. Um, and of course, if you have a story that you would like to share on the show, email me straight up, jessica at jessicamoros.com. Let's chat and see if we can get you on this show. I have a bunch of empty slots right now. I'm kind of freaking out because there's a lot of empty slots. I've got a lot of episodes in the queue uh, for the show, this season uh, of the Momony Podcast. So make sure to shoot me an email, jessica at jessicamoros.com. Don't be shy. I do not bite. I'm super nice um, and we'll have a ton of fun. And one last thing before I go, and I want to make sure I, I kind of integrate this more into episodes because I keep forgetting because uh, I, I mean, I've been busy, guys. This is now I'm kind of getting to the mode of, you know, I just have one job. Okay, I can kind of do this. So uh, throughout the year in 2016, I spent a lot of time making a bunch of helpful uh, financial resources. So I've got, you know, a, a budget spreadsheet, a moving out checklist, a tax prep checklist, bunch of great checklists. If you like checklists, if you want to keep yourself organized, just things that help me keep uh, myself organized, me and my husband, uh, when it's, you know, comes to tax time or, you know, oh, we have to rejig our budget or whatever. These are things that I personally use. That's why I created them. And then I wanted to share them, uh, with you for absolutely free. So make sure to go to jessicamorehouse.com slash resources. That's where you can download as many as you want. Um, you know, you can alter them, customize them, do whatever you want, but they're a great start starting points if you just, you know, need a little bit of direction in your life. I've got you, boo. So check them out at jessalmorehouse.com slash resources. And uh, on that note, I will see you back here next Wednesday. Peace. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.